welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Amy and Marla and Craig and Chris and Dennis and Rob. Welcome everyone. Today we're talking about the biting cock from page 109 in Chauncey's book uh, that has been uh, translated by Thomas Merton. The biting cock. I got so excited when I saw the, the name of this. I was like, yes. So the fighting cock, Chi Sing Tzu was a trainer of fighting cocks for King Suan. He was training a fine bird. The king kept asking if the bird were ready for combat. Not yet, said the trainer. He is full of fire. He is ready to pick a fight with every other bird. He is vain and confident of his own strength. After 10 days, he answered again. Not yet. He flares up when he hears another bird crow. After 10 more days, not yet. He still gets that angry look and ruffles his feathers. Again, 10 days. The trainer said, now he is nearly ready. When another bird crows, his eye does not even flicker. He stands immobile like a cock of wood. He is a mature fighter. Other birds will take one look at him and run. Thank you, Amy. Any thoughts before we open it up to everyone? You have any thoughts, Amy? Yeah, that's me. Totally. I'm <laughs> definitely not even ready. I still, my feathers still get ruffled with certain people. Um, I'm not ready yet. I'm just not ready. It'll be 10 more days at least. <laughs> just 10 days. That's good. Uh, and then again, at 10 more days after that. See, it's just in a, We'll check. Check back in 10 days. And I'll let you know. I wonder what the number 10 means in Chinese uh, Chinese meaning. It's rarely used in Chinese culture to symbolize anything because 10 is considered a full number. A full number? Chinese culture value moderation, meaning too much can be just as bad as not enough. We also believe cycle of life. Whatever goes up must come down. If you reach the peak, you will all only decline. So it's considered a full number. Huh. That makes sense. Any thoughts, guys, on the story? It reminds me a little bit of Gandhi. You know, like he just, according to the movie, he just stood there when this whole army came after him, you know, with their guns. And he just stood there and looked at them with nothing, you know, with no ammunition. Like he was mature, a mature fighter. Is it this? Do you think he gave them the same look that my mother-in-law gives? She just stares at you and just dares you to come on. I hadn't actually looked. I hadn't looked at this the way that Amy says that she can see herself as the, as the fighting cock. She's not ready. I hadn't looked at that. Many, many times we get into the into the mindset that we're in control of things. We're ready for things. We, you know, I've got this. Well, will we ever be at that level of mastery? It's almost like the when, when we talk about the love is letting go of fear, when we talk about getting to level 
the top level of love, which they say is reserved for the awoke people like uh, Buddha and Jesus. Will we ever get to that, that, that level of awokeness or readiness? Anything else, guys? Yes, it's kind of, well, it reminds me, I was listening to a Gatoli here the other day and uh, and they were talking about spirituality and uh, and there's a saying apparently that, that, I, that I got hung up with, they're saying that don't cast pearls before the swine, which means that you can show these pearls, nice pearls to the swine, but the swine is not ready yet. It just want to roll around in its own dirt and they want to eat and drink and fornicate. That's it. And uh, and I was kind of transferring this whole story to to grow spiritually. And if your feathers still get ruffled, if you still get disturbed when, when, when you come into hard situations, um, you are not that spiritual aware. You're losing your your awareness, you 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 use you losing your um, you you're losing your consciousness, and that's kind of what I'm I'm seeing in this here when 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 all the, the other birds are coming there, he's he's reacting to it. So it's it's the part of where you can be calm in, in the storm in, in the storm, and then then you're then 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 you're ready, right? And I I think that's we say it in the rooms. For people to sober up, you know, you, you see a lot of times people coming in when they're not ready yet. Sometimes you can even hear or see it. They're not ready to surrender. They haven't had suffering enough. And, uh, and that's kind of where I'm transferring the whole thing. I might be completely freaking wrong about this, but but that's just what what got to my mind. I don't know. So let me hear what you guys have. There's no right or wrong, Dennis. Huh. Uh, you... Uh, the casting your pearls before swine is a biblical reference. And I tell my Christian friends not to shit on my pearls. I tell them, so I said, don't shit on my pearls, you know, because they'll start attacking something I say. I said, I said don't do that. Because that's what that's talking about. Is uh, you're, you're casting your pearls before the swine. In other words, you're sharing your truth with someone who's not ready to hear it. Yeah. Yes. So I, I've learned to not share my truth in a lot of situations. Most of the time. It looks like this rooster was mature when he stopped fighting. He was ready to fight when he stopped. Because it says he was vain and confident of his own strength, full of fire. Then he flares up when he hears another bird. Then the next was he was angry. That angry, uh, he still gets that angry look and ruffles his feathers. So he looks angry after that. And then finally, uh, when another bird crows, not attacks him, but he hears another bird, maybe off in the distance. He does not even flicker. So I think it goes back to, back to that fight. Um, and when he stopped fighting, that's when uh, he was ready. Amy? Yeah. Um, when I got, to, you know, at the end of my active disease, I was. I mean, I, I was convinced that the world was out to get me. And I literally walked through every day, like, ready to kick ass. And I find myself 
occasionally the past couple of days, like really just feeling like I needed to kick somebody's ass for no real reason. But what I thought about when I read this was, oh, in the big book on page 84, where it says we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter, right? It can take 10 days or 10 days or 10 days or 10 days. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear when these crop up. So when my feathers get ruffled, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help love and tolerance of others is our code. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor or fighting other people or if tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We do like this. We just sit there and look at them. You know, we just sit there and look at the people or the situation or the circumstance. And it is what it is, right? Total acceptance. We react sanely and normally. And we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor or toward people has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. Almost done. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, like arriving at that spirituality place of contentment, of acceptance. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky. Interesting that we're talking about the fighting cock. And it says we are neither cocky nor are we afraid. This is our experience. This is how we react. So long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. So, yeah, I think that's what the story is related to my recovery. And and each of these, thanks, Amy, each of these 10 days tends the number of fullness. So it's okay. Is he finished yet? Is he complete? You know, it would be the next, you know, is that the next phase? Um, I thought about that as training was not to learn anything, but to unlearn. Do what, Amy? Uh, it's exactly what we have to do here. I had to get rid of, I had to get rid of all of that stuff. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He had to get rid of his vainness and his confidence of his own strength. Yes. Deflate the ego. Yes. And, it, and it's interesting. At the end, it says, uh, other birds will take a, one look at him and run. He didn't have to fight. Once he got to that place of fulfillment, he didn't have to fight. And all of a sudden, nobody is really wanting to fight me. Like when I had this mentality before that the world was out to get me, I really don't have that anymore. And when I get that uncomfortability, I absolutely know it's something that I need to work on. Yeah. Not somebody else. Yes. Um got a couple of Dow quotes. Anyone interrupt me, please, that has something to say. Any comments, anyone? This is from verse 22. The master, by residing in the Tao, sets an example for all beings. Because he doesn't display himself, people can see his light. Because he has nothing to prove, people can trust his words. Because he doesn't know who he is, people recognize themselves in him. This is Stephen Mitchell's translation. Because he has no gold, 
go G-O-A-D in mind, everything he does succeeds. He's been trained, in other words, right? He's completed his training. The Tao doesn't show greatness there and is therefore truly great. That's from 34. For 38, the master does nothing, yet he leaves nothing undone. The ordinary man is always doing things, yet many more are left to be done. So it's it's actually a training of, well, you can say it's a training of unlearning is one way, and another way is saying a training of not reacting to uh, to circumstances. Yeah. Not reacting to those circumstances because we're getting them out, and it's kind of interesting. I had a moment yesterday where Bernie, she, she, she had one of those moments where something hard happened, and I was completely engaged in, in, in my artwork downstairs, and I didn't think about it, and she needed my support on something and and she she did she did that thing that happens sometimes in the marriage where she did she just didn't talk to me for the whole day and 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 she says she's processing but i in my mind she's she's stewing up some stew for resentments and and i allow her to have it this time with not engaging in it saying okay there's clearly something going on maybe it's me it's most likely me that's done something but i don't know what it is and that's okay uh, and I didn't have to go in and, and stir up that fight. And that's interesting that I can see that growth because I remember when I was on auto response, just when somebody did something to step over my toes, I was right there. Right? And, and I don't have to do that anymore. And that reminds me of that cock that you have to to learn just to sit and not flicker when, when things are happening. And you have to do it by letting go of your ego. Yeah. And your str- and, and, and now everything you think you know so, so what is our training to stop the fight? That, that's the real question. It, it says, does it say here what the trainer did or he just said he trained him? Does it ever say in the story what I don't see in the story what the trainer actually did? Do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know what in recovery what we're taught to do, but I was curious to what it said the trainer did. Hmm. We know the result of the training was that he stopped fighting. So the ultimate goal is to stop the fight, right? Right. Hmm. Didn't seem Amy, like he wanted to in the first place. You know, and Amy read what was how we do it. You know, yeah. basically you know, get rid of my fears. Chris? In a way, it was the king who was being being trained he was he was impatient about being able to use the cock and so the trainer kept telling him to be patient you know since we don't know what the trainer did for the cock we know what the trainer did for the king it's pretty interesting i thought yeah, that's good. Thank you, Chris. The king is being trained. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Anyone else? Yeah, I think of some of my difficult um, interactions. I had a boss a few years back, and there's, there's been other big ones that, uh, while I don't typically, I, I don't typically blow up, so it's me more being passive and crunching everything down and internalizing it 
and being passive aggressive. But I think, how do I apply this training? What would I do differently? Uh, you know, obviously it's all fictitious because, you know, I can only live today. I can't go back. But I wonder because <laughs> uh, I can just picture myself sitting there and just being quiet. Um, but not being quiet and being passive aggressive and having all these thoughts that aren't very good. Uh, how in the world, how, how does one be in a situation and, and actually be in love um, and not, you know, for me, I'll, I'll just drive a person crazy by being passive aggressive, which is fear and that's not good. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, practical life application. Cause now that I've, I've had this training, I'm going to have the opportunity to practice it within a couple of weeks for sure. Cause that seems how that this stuff works for me, but, um, not quite sure the answer other than just trying to be loving and trying to think of where that person's coming from and, uh, keeping my big trap shut. But not only that, but not sitting there staring at him thinking I want to punch him, you know, which is, which was the old way I would come at it. So uh, this one's got me a little puzzled. Well, Rob, I know one thing is our fight is not with someone else. Mm -hmm. There's the, the solution is never, if I'm angry at someone, that person is not the problem. Uh, it's not that person causing me the fight. I've got to all the changes weren't in how the person fought or how the cop fought other roosters. It was how he dealt with himself. Okay, so it wasn't teaching him how to fight. <laughs> it was teaching him how not to fight. Mm -hmm. So we know the issue is not out there. It's always an inside job. So we know that. Uh, I've got two more Dow quotes. 66, because he does not compete, he does not meet competition. In 73, the Dow of heaven does not strive and yet it overcomes. It does not speak and yet it is answered. It does not ask yet is supplied with all its needs. It seems to have no aim and yet its purpose is fulfilled. No fight of any kind. I really like that. Now, I'm still thinking about that poor king that gets a fighting cock back. They don't want to fight. I want to see his reaction to that. No, no, but. <laughs> How does that story continue with the poor king? That, hey, is it ready? Yeah, it's ready. He's not fighting at all now. <laughs> that doesn't mean he wouldn't win in a fight, though, Dennis. He, he intimidated the birds so much they ran the other direction when they saw him. Yes, it's just like, you know, when we're saying that we're pushing that water, that's what we're doing when we're fighting. And normally when we push it, I mean, the waves are going to come back at us. But then again, when you stop pushing, the waves are not going to come at all. And that's that's why you don't get those fights anymore, right? So so when we're seeking to be more spiritual, um, we, we, we're getting other circumstances for ourselves. It just happens naturally. We don't even have to, to look other ways. And, and really the ways for us to mature in that is, is learning to let go more in situations, not how to adequately control them. Mm -hmm. So that that's what I am sitting with. 
is how to how to how to let those situations be even when things are uh, dependent on other people how to do that and and be okay with it so that's that's the difficult part but uh, mm-hmm. yeah we know exactly for me I know exactly what to do it's all about my fears I have got to surrender my fears because every time I fight it's because I'm afraid of something. There's no other reason I fight. Mm. Kate, you have something dear? Good to see you today, by the way. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking when I have these ideas that are kind of fighting ideas in my head, when I express them to people, you know, they don't always have to be confrontational, even if I'm just thinking like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. You know, it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel worse um, in the end. And if I can just sit back and think kind of what you were just saying, think about like, why am I so upset about this situation? And I can think of so many situations where I felt that way and it all comes back to the feeling of whatever, you know, fear or my ego, you know, there are so many situations that I could, that I wouldn't, couldn't have cared less about two weeks later. But at the time I'm like, girl, I'm right. You know, but it's just cause it kind of poked at that fear. Yeah. But I do feel so much better if I just hold off. And I felt so much calmer lately because I haven't been engaging in stuff like that. It's much, much better. I think it's meant for you personally. You know, if you, you know, don't overreact or, or react or whatever, do what you want, you know, get angry. It's to your benefit. If, I mean, to, it's good for them too, but yeah, it, it like turns back into you. Like, oh, look at how well I did this. Look how well I handled this situation. And not, you know, sometimes I picture myself yelling at people and I look at it, I look at myself and how stupid I look yelling at people. And that shuts me right up in my internally, of course. Yeah, it kind of diffuses it. If I can see the situation from stepping back and seeing it as, wait a minute, this is just because of my ego is getting in the way. Then the actual reason for the argument doesn't seem as important. It it always comes down to the ego. It's like, I want to be right. God damn it. Always, no matter how I twist and turn it, if I'm disturbed, it's just a sign of my ego want to be right. And, and it and it just it fuses the fire and the ego. That's what it's there for. So keep, as long as I can just become aware there, that's that's where I reach that point of awareness. Oh, here we go again. How much have I let out of my gap before I can shut it off and go back to to my true self instead? Because the ego wanted to delude myself from my true self. That that's it, right? So uh, that's interesting. That's that's where it takes me. For me, I always need to, uh, I use the tool of praying for the person that or thing I'm angry at 
going and talking to my sponsor if it's a fear that uh, is persistent. Mm. Find out where this anger anger is coming from, and we can always, when I get it out of my head, I can normally see in just a sh- small amount of time what's behind it. And it's always fear. It's always a fear of some type. Usually people pleasing that people wouldn't think I'm as smart as I think I am. I would be embarrassed in some way. Something like that. So human. Do I I said it's such a human feeling. We are all so insecure. We're afraid of each other. I know, Dennis, it's hysterical. We're all insecure and we're all afraid to be to make fo- fools of ourselves in front of another insecure person. Hmm. Scaring me. Go ahead, Chris. I just said she's scaring me. <laughs> I just don't like getting laughed at. That's the thing I hate the worst is someone laughing at me. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That one, uh. But even that's a fear, right? Fear of not being good enough. Yeah, it's a way exactly. of fighting fear. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time, Amy, it's fear. It's always fear. I've never found one of my defects or one of the times I want to fight anyone that did not have an origin in fear. Mm-hmm. Well, if y'all have any, let me know. I, I haven't been able to see anything in me that wasn't fear-based. No, I, I can't. I've thought about that, too. I can't think of one thing that isn't fear-based. You know, it all that's what it boils down to. But that is it. So if you take it, uh, let's try to take it one step deeper than the fear-based. What we really are afraid of is of our ego to disappear. That's that fight of the ego. I'm mm-hmm. kind of. I always want to see that it's the ego that's trying to doing all these things mm-hmm. that we all have. That comes basically comes with whatever you attach to after I am. Then from my name to my occupation, black, white, whatever it is that you want to associate yourself with, is something that keeps you away from that true self. So I was just thinking if everything is fear-based, I totally agree with that. But since it's the ego that is in charge of, of these fears, it's kind of a, a, that's that's uh, that's one of the, the biggest weapon that, that my ego has to... Uh, to stay alive in this search for uh, for um, for more spiritual true self. That's a really good point, Dennis. My Zen friends call it the self. Mm-hmm. The self will do anything to take you out of the moment when you're meditating. They'll talk about that. Then mm-hmm. in uh, in recovery, we have you know that if I'm disturbed, it's because I feel I'm going to lose something I have or not get something that I want. That's the basis of ego there, I think, in the dentist. Mm. So that's that's where I landed with it. So that's the essence of fear is I'm going to lose something that I want that mm-hmm. I have or not get something I want. Mm. That's where it gets down to. And above that's all these other things, you know, the types and you could go on. Mm. Uh, it's letting go of the need to. uh to have or the, what satisfaction that's going to bring us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Letting go of attachments. I have a, I have a question. Um, Dennis mentioned about, I think he said something about his wife interrupting his work. Is that right? And um, 
Is that an ego thing? If she, if she makes you angry? Well, the, well the, she didn't make me angry. I made her angry by not being there for her because mm-hmm. I was totally engaged in, in some artwork. It was more like that in this time. So it was not me that was angry at that time. But I normally would react to her anger with a counter mm-hmm. uh, because I, too, am very uh, passive-aggressive. And sometimes I'm cutting that problem right in half and go strict to the to the to the anger part <laughs> which is not really cutting it in half but that's that's my joke about being passive aggressive i'm just aggressive now i've cut it in half <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so so there is some ego involved with it i guess but uh, i it was not that 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 she annoyed me at all it was it was she came back with with silence and and that was how how she deals with that right so mm. that was interesting but now we don't carry it on for days now we we kind of we get into it uh, and, and and resolve it more like adults for some weird reason <laughs> yeah my wife keeps a journal sometimes when we travel and she's noticed that a couple of times there were days missing from the journal or there's apparently a, just a total blank spot due to this sort of passive aggressive thing. <laughs> We're both doing the same thing. At least you can see it now, Chris, where you can yeah. see it before, right? Yeah. The thing I've been noticing personally is that the quicker I can uh, recognize this, the much better things go. <laughs> it's really important to be aware as quickly as possible. And I've been getting a little better at that. So it's been a big help. That is actually so cool. Why my, uh, my, my marriage actually helps me to do a step 10 and a step five pretty well now. So I don't, I'm trying always to look, okay, what can I do different? That's, that's kind of it where, and then leave, leave the other things as much as I can uh, to, to her. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read y'all a quote. This is from Opening the Hand of Thought by Kosho Uchiyama. We're talking about satisfaction, dissatisfaction. Uh, Dissatisfaction is the mother of invention and progress. That is why no matter how much scientific or technological progress is made, people will never be satisfied. Hmm. As long as they walk along this path, shouldering the bag of desires and dissatisfaction, Every time they open that bag, even hundreds of thousands of years from now, they will always be pulling out their dissatisfaction along with their new idea. I was like, wow. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about um, not having something that we want, afraid. As long as we have this fear of not getting or this fear of losing, it's attached to everything that we're doing we're always going to be in a fight. Mm. So no matter what we're doing, as long as that fear is attached to it, like if I give you something, but the fear is attached to it, then I'm afraid I'm going to lose. I'm prone to fight. Always in a constant search for satisfaction, right? Yeah. and he stones, I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah, and he's saying no matter how much we evolve and how much invention and progress we make, as long as we're attaching that dissatisfaction to whatever we're doing, 
then we're never going to be happy, no matter how many new ideas we have or how much progress we make. I thought that was really good. Uh, and there's one more quote. He says, progress can never bring about spiritual peace because it lacks the basis for that peace. And the advances of a higher standard of living can never bring fulfillment to a life devoid of peace. So we don't have the foundation. If we have a foundation of fear, we're always going to be in a struggle, no matter what we build on that foundation. That's that's pretty interesting, buddy. But does that that's kind of that kind of means that that you can't look for. Uh, for progress in, in your, what does that mean? That, that you only find a spiritual connection right here, not in, in, in whatever you're doing when you're done with that, then in that progress, you'll, you'll get, you'll get uh, a speed, which is kind of funny because it says in our readings, we gave, we were looking for, for, for spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection, but really it, it's, it's just what we have right here. It is what we have right here. And if we, and the way he said it, if you open up the bag of with it, so we could say, if you open up, if with that advancement, you attach to it your fear, and your fear is going with whatever it is that you're doing, then we're going to end up with a disturbance because we might be doing this along with our fear. So the goal is we just got to drop our fear. We got to drop our fear. And the way we surrender that fear is, for me, is helping someone else with their fear. That's all I can do. You have to face the fear, right? Yes. Where do you get that? That's from uh, May 9th Transitions, I think. We were, we were talking about um, zip lining this morning. and I, I did a zip line so I could face my fear of heights. I'm still terrified of heights. Didn't help. I faced that fear. But you did it though, right? Did it, but I was. So wasn't there something? Wasn't there something uh, on the other side, or were you just screaming and kicking the whole way? What happened, Mother? Oh, I came down. I I, did, I think I did one run, and yeah. I had to get get off of it. I was terrified. My husband was flew the whole way. Yeah, no, did I face that fear? Didn't work. Hmm. Just <laughs> uh, this is walking through fear, May ninth, and trends in the uh, daily reflections. I'm just going to read the section about the story. Uh, during the first three years of sobriety, I had a fear of entering an elevator alone. One day I decided I must walk through this fear. I asked for God's help. Entered the elevator and there in the corner was a lady crying. She said that since her husband had died, she was deathly afraid of elevators. I forgot my fear and comforted her. This spiritual experience helped me to see how willingness was the key to working the rest of the 12 steps to recovery. So that's really, for me, a great example. She, she's just, I think it's a lady, said she'd walked through her fear. So she went to an elevator and just so happened the elevator. She went and had a lady in it that was afraid of elevator. Give me a break. <laughs> and so she went over and helped her and in helping her, she forgot about her fear. That's it. And but also now, Molly, you had another approach to when you face the fear. It's more accepting the fear that you have and accepting those other emotions that comes with it. Oh, like fear. That's that's the way I, I have I have experienced that that it helps me me even when I feel anger, say, okay, I'm angry right now. 
and and just not going into trying to analyzing it, but just accepting that feeling of anger. That really helps me to to be present with, and then I can just see. Then I can actually see that the fear there's there's hidden behind it. And, uh, and, and I'm afraid of heights too. But when I work and I'm I'm focused on something else, probably that's another way of 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 of, of deferring my my attention. Is is I've been standing on a on a balcony and then accepting that those butterflies I have in my stomach when when it is, and then slowly. But it's not the the facing of it. I mean, I'll. I'll face a bear every time there's a tag in me, and I'll be scared shitless every time, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, so Healthy it's fear, though. Yeah. Plus fear of heights. I think it's it's not the same thing. Yeah. I know. I know. I was just. It's not so much the heights. It's more about falling down from those heights, I'm afraid of. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. It's the falling down. Really, it's not. Mm. So What's wrong with me? I'm also afraid of heights and I'm also afraid of the top of the roller coaster. I'm also afraid of the possibility of uh, going very, very fast on motorcycles, but I crave it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that feeling. That's that's my <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, I did have a question about this practice of loving people and this practice of being still and, and doing the opposite of fear. I still, I'm pretty fresh in all of this. I'm faking it most of the time. So I'm in a situation and I'm even telling other people when they're asking me, what should I do? I'm, I'm like that guy that hit me that almost killed me, caused the brain damage. The at first when I started praying for him, I hated his guts. I wanted to punch him. And I don't know when the act of the faking it turned into the peace. And it got there eventually, but I can't even tell you when. So uh because I'm I'm never gonna be Buddha, I'm never gonna be Jesus. So I, I'm just curious how much of this is just okay, you don't know what else to do. All right, go help somebody love just just do love no matter what it takes and that most of the time will fix the problem um so i'm, I'm just curious how do we are we actually expected to be at a 10 at the at the height of perfection when we're doing this stuff or because <laughs> i'll tell you what that's that's not my experience well you're only expected to do what your experience is rob there is no expectation but what what you're to do is what worked for you and what worked for you was doing the action before you felt the feeling so for me i just continue to do the action because i know what it will result in like you like what's happening for you so it's working you're just saying there's still elements of that there how long does it take it takes as long as it takes you to surrender and let it go uh, that's that's what my experience has been. Ditto that. Yeah. Takes as long as it takes. Takes as long as it takes. That is that is so funny. I uh, <laughs> I I got that confused with uh, with with an honest program, and they were so wrong because I couldn't get myself to fake anything because I didn't want to fake anything. I want to be exactly where I'm <laughs> at. Now, however, for me to 
to learn how to to get rid of my fear was actually to love somebody else and then and and praying for others and not praying for them to fall over a cliff that was actually uh that is me faking it until you make it i guess so so that is that is funny but then it comes to to a certain way hey i do like this guy for for whatever reason or just for for, for who he is and 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 that's interesting that that it's the action that that changes my my brain chemistry to uh, to do something different, but I have to do it by actions. I can't think myself through it. That is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Craig, you got something? Why didn't you change? Why didn't you change the verbiage on it, Rob? If you're talking about how much you hate the guy that ran into you, why didn't you turn it into the fact that I'm so glad I was there because I protected the people that were in the car next to me? That's just one way of doing it, um, and it's also remembering that it's practice. It's practice. Progress, not perfection. I think that's the that's the spiritual that's the spiritual action that we take is progress not perfection and we also forget as well that step six and seven when we make that decision to turn our will and our life over to god as we understand god and then we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings again that's a practice that we have to continually do just because i've just because i've asked god once to take away my anger it doesn't mean to say that the anger is not going to crop up again I'm going to need to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Um, and then I can go to, I can go to Buddy and say, like, Buddy, this, this anger keeps popping up. He's like, the first, first question he'll ask me is, oh, who, who else are you helping? What, what are you doing for other people? Because we have to get out of our own heads. We have to get out of that cycle of thinking. Um, and it's been my experience that, you know, we have to, sometimes we have to fake it to make it. I think Amy's going to mention, there's a page five, 552 about praying for somebody until praying for somebody even if you don't mean it. Mm. And then after two weeks, you know, it kind of it kind of means something to you. But and I know what you're talking about with the guy that hit you and we, we had the conversation that, you know, you're actually lucky that you were there because the people that are in the car behind you, your your truck took the impact and it would have wiped that other car out and killed the people that are in that car. So I would look at the fact that I was grateful that I was actually there to protect the people that are in the car behind me. Mm, that's a good way. Mm. I got that from oh, Buddy. Don't, 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 don't think don't I'm all that special. That, that's not me. I don't think I... No. <laughs> I remember when we had that conversation with Rob, and I'm glad uh, I wouldn't have had that conversation if we would have been in person. I was way over in Georgia, and he was in Colorado, so I wasn't afraid. And he couldn't drive yet, so... <laughs> I was on some pretty heavy drugs, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to hear this stuff, though, because everything we've been taught is you know you get back on your heels you don't take shit from anybody you stand your ground and you know we're, we're told so many things that are just bullshit oh, sorry we're recording um it just seems like pretty much anything that we were taught i'm learning that just do the opposite whatever the in, the in, intuitive or whatever you know Whatever it is, just flip it on its head, do the opposite, and that's probably going to be the right answer. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Amy, you got something there? Yeah, that's taking contrary action to the way I feel. Um, but what has, yeah, 552, I might have that open on my desk here too. But um, page 92, though, in the 12 and 12, this is what helps me more than anything when I'm dealing with people um 
just let me just read it. Finally, we begin to see that all people, including ourselves, are to some extent emotionally ill as well as frequently wrong. And then we approach true tolerance and see what real love for our fellows actually means. It will become more and more evident as we go forward that it is pointless to become angry or to get hurt by people who, like us, are suffering from the pains of growing up. And then further down, it says, we can't stand it if we hate deeply. See, I'm the one that suffers from this. Like that other person, they're probably not losing sleep. They're probably not in danger of taking a drink and dying from the throes of alcoholism, but I am. So that's why I have to remember that it's me that I got to, yeah, some days it sucks. It sucks to be this principled person that, you know, takes the high road. But at the end of the day, it certainly does take a lot less effort and energy than to just constantly fight. And it's absolutely against everything that I, that was ingrained in me, everything. And it goes back to that unlearning thing. You know, I got to, I got to unlearn everything that I thought I knew, right? There's a set aside prayer somewhere that's pretty cool too, Mm. Um, but I don't know it. So I'm not going to say it. I think I see it more because I I realized that other people aren't having to put so much effort into their life. There's so many people just going through life, just blagging it and getting away with absolute murder. And they they just really don't give a a monkeys about what they're doing. And then I sit here and I do my my daily inventory. I'm thinking to myself, It's going to make another amends. Right, hang on a second. <laughs> Let me write this one down before I forget it. Dennis had a uh, good point, though, about the, the anger and uh, allowing ourselves to experience what's going on and not suppress it and then let it out. Uh, if it's anger or grief or whatever the way fear is showing up in our life. Uh, well, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, working the, that's working the principles of the steps. That's turning our fear into faith and tolerance into love. Amy was talking about the set-aside prayer. It's, uh, dear God, please set aside everything I think I know about myself, this book, my disease, these steps, and especially about you, dear God, so that I might have an open mind and a new experience with all these things. Please help me to see the truth Mm -hmm. of the set-aside prayer. I'm sure we said I'm sure we said that prayer the first time that we met, the first time we sat down as a sponsor and sponsee. Mm, I don't know, I don't use it too much. Because because I'm, I'm I remember having the conversation where you tell me to set absolutely everything aside that I think I know. Mm-hmm. All my all my, my my prejudices towards a higher power and definitely use, Isabel. We use it at the uh, at the big book study in Carter, so they use it there. Which is kind of funny because you say that prayer, please set aside everything I think I know about anything yeah. at all. And then you come in and then you have everybody explaining or uh, elaborating on everything they know about everything. <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> yes, because we got this thing, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't have shit. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Hemingway saying or is it a Mark Twain saying that says it's not what I don't know that gets me in trouble it's what I do know that gets me in trouble it's one of those mm. two sounds like Mark Twain is that a Mark Twain I don't know <laughs> sounds like it mm. anything else guys this has been a good conversation today thank you yeah how did this get back to the fighting cock yes 
in the interest of <laughs> going full circle. <laughs> Keep my mouth shut. Is it, is it ready yet? <laughs> Ask me in 10 days. Yeah, I'm going to ask you in 10 days. There you go. That was the number of formness, and it took three laps for him to get there. So uh, that would tell me it doesn't matter how long it takes. It's progress, not perfection. Uh, it also tell me that the goal is to stop the fighting, not learn how to fight better. You like that, Amy? Fight better. Yeah. Yeah, progress, not perfection. You can tell your sponsor, this time I only hit him in the throat. I didn't hit him more the head with a wet face uh, pose this time. It's it's progress. <laughs> How do you know what conversations I've had with my sponsor? <laughs> she tells me all the time I'm not allowed to pick on people that don't have a fighting chance. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it is no fair. You know, that's not fair. They don't have a fighting chance. Mm. Anyways, buddy. Have you ever gotten in a fight that you, when it was over, you really, I haven't in a long time, well, never one that was sustained that I felt good about, but mm -hmm. especially since in recovery, I've never proved my point and it be something that benefited me in the way I thought it would. It's just never been. Because uh, every time I fight, it's the wrong direction for me to go. Yeah. I've been in plenty of fights with my wife where I, I just realized halfway through that I'm in the wrong and I have to keep going because <laughs> I don't want to look. <laughs> I don't I don't want her knowing that she's right because it'll get cast up forevermore. I have been in arguments with my wife where halfway through I forgot what we really started arguing about. It just evolved into something where we just keep going and I just hey, where did we what was this about? <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're fighting and I'm going to win. You know? <laughs> Are there any other thoughts before we close? Well, just one, I, have, I have one of those taggy thoughts that I, I thought about when we just talked about this here. And it's a taggy, taggy line from Roadhouse. Nobody really wins a fight. Any other thoughts before we close? All right. Well, you guys have a great day and we'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.